You've heard of computer sex, but is there really such a thing? Absolutely. Having sex with an online partner is easy to learn. I'll show you how to reach a cyber sex climax. We'll also visit others who have mastered the art of one-handed typing. So let's get started. KTBR Break Room. Hear the drama get wicked. and put a clamp on your scrotums. It's time for Mad Radio. Ah, ah. Episode 254 of The Break Room. We're late, but we're back. Again, surprisingly, we did not quit the show this time, but there's always room for that in the future. Well, we almost did because uh, we're already a man down. We are a man down. Yeah, if you, if you haven't noticed, maybe this is your preference. Maybe you enjoy the Thomas Free Show. But we are a man down, and we could not recruit another. So, unfortunately, we have some sad news to report about Thomas. And I don't know if, according to uh, all the medical laws of our land, if we're allowed to disclose exactly what's going on with him. It might be HIPAA protected. Yeah. uh, We don't take the Hippocratic Oath, but it's probably, since he's an employee of the Breakout Media Network, we probably can't disclose exactly what it is. And he's in contract negotiations again. But After two episodes. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that he has Zika butt. Oh, yeah, it's just a constant flow. We joke about it sometimes, but this is sincere liquid diarrhea ass is what this is. It's like the Fountains of Wayne made into real life, except replace Wayne with Fountains of Diarrhea. It's like Niagara Falls out of his a-hole. Yes, and all kinds of clusters of grapes. Wait, 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 we're on the break room, right? Out of his asshole. Yeah, out of his asshole. His His fucking asshole. His bloody cracked asshole. Yes. No no amount of uh, caulk. He's tried to apply caulk. None of that works. No lube, no funeral. No lube, no funeral. <laughs> exactly. Just a blown ass. That's what he has. So hopefully uh, at some point uh, he doesn't pee out of both ends. And perhaps it'll solidify well, What do you mean both ends? How about all three ends? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I didn't hear anything about vomiting. Uh, not yet, but there's always time for progress in the, the uh, realm of disease. <laughs> progress to vomiting, yeah. Exactly. He's, he's the first real Zika victim I know of. Uh, he's the only one I know of, and actually. It, isn't it a sexually transmitted disease? Uh, no, it's actually by mosquitoes. Oh, I thought it was... I, then you just birth... Uh, the women birth uh, tiny head kids. So that's what happens. Right, but I thought it was sexually transmitted. Like, you had to... Swap no. uh, swap sperm or vaginal fluid either way. No, you get bitten by a mosquito, then you're infected with Zika for like five years. So you have to have sex with the mosquito first. Uh, I mean, however you want to do it. You, I guess you could have sex with it, or it can just bite you. But isn't that the, uh, that's a bit of foreplay, right? When the mosquito bites you? Uh, it could be, yeah. And then you bite it and just full-on thrust into it? And then you get Zika, yeah. And then you give it human yeah, Zika, and then it gives you, you mosquito Zika? Then you have a tiny shrunken head kid. It kind of looks like the uh, guy at the... It looks like Beetlejuice at the end of Beetlejuice when he gets his head shrunken. That's basically a Zika vic- uh, victim. Inner tiny little Zika babies look like a combination of uh, mosquito humans. They look like uh, Baxter from the Ninja Turtles. Well, yeah, cause I think it's weird because I think the rest of the body's normal. You just got tiny head. Yeah, but it's tiny mosquito head. True. So they have like a long mosquito snout. 
And then your female mosquito-headed Zika babies are going around attacking everybody. I do wish I could have had maybe like a minor form of Zika or my, my mother could have, so I couldn't have giant head. I could have just had normal head. <laughs> I don't know that it would have made a difference. It might have. It I might think, have shrunk it down to just normal size, so I it's not you, so giant. I think you might have gone the other direction, though. You would have been like the tiny head guy from Beetlejuice. That's true. I guess I don't want to think. I'd rather have slightly large head yeah. than super tiny head. I think you'd rather have Goodyear blimp head than you would rather have tiny head. Yeah, that's true. Out of the two choices. A literal true. apple head. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think you're damn sexy the way you are, so I don't know why you're well, so complaining about that. your uh, giant German head. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I realize you can barely fit through doorways, but... Yeah, it's it's basically like Stewie from uh, Family Guy, except from all angles. Yeah. It's not just football, it's all the way around. <laughs> exactly. All directions. <laughs> you're, you're not only lengthy, but girthy in your head size. <laughs> exactly. And we're not talking wiener. Uh, that's well, that's where you got we, the Zika. Yeah, <laughs> exa- yeah, I got, yeah, just in that area. You got Zika wiener. <laughs> It, it shrunk another head. Hey oh. Yeah. You got like Donald Trump sized uh, hands as well. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that affected not only your wiener but your hands. A gigantic head but tiny hands. <laughs> Which is not that untrue of Donald Trump as well. <laughs> that is true. I wonder if Donald Trump was the first real uh, victim of Zika virus. He might have been. Cuz he does have a large head and tiny hands. There was yeah. a there was a photo that came out uh, we're recording this on a Saturday and the the Olympics just started and there was a photo of course um Donald Trump had to put a photo of himself rather than praising the athletes. Right. It was like it was a photo of him giving two thumbs up and uh Was he flying over Rio or something? Well, no, it was him giving two thumbs up just in front of like a generic gray background with like Go Olympics or something like that. <laughs> and he, he had his two little tiny hand like I'd really never paid attention to his hands. They're pretty small. And somebody pointed it out that he has extremely like little midge hands well that was the whole thing in the back in the debates well i know uh, i know it was a thing pointed it out i know it was a thing but i never really took the time to investigate i didn't do a hand inspection you really should have i didn't give him a hand job (laughs) so i really didn't understand i really didn't pay attention i I took the time to finally look and he really does have really tiny minuscule smurf hands yeah he does he really does have tiny tiny hands and i can't really speak to what that means for his genitalia but i can tell you i promise you this you could ask ivanka i guess i can tell you (laughs) that i can tell you this I've been hearing that he has a small wiener. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Sources close to me have told me that he has a small wiener because he has a tiny Zika hand. He, he's very close to Melania. <laughs> I think he and uh, Ivanka are both very close to him. Yeah, that's true. We may, have, than, we may have them on later in the show. And not just in proximity. Hello, this is Melania. <laughs> exactly. I am here to stomp for my husband, Donald Jameson Trump. Jameson? He has the biggest of small Zika hands and the smallest of big... Zika Wiener. Go think, Trump University. I think we can blow her up. <laughs> Alright. I'm still here. <laughs> Let's try it again. I'm still here stopping for Trump University while I eat my Trump steak and down a quart of oh. Trump vodka. I'm still here. She... Why did she toot on the air like that? That was weird. And yet I'm still here. Oh my god. On, hanging on by a moment. I wish I knew how to quit you. Hanging on by a thread. <laughs> All right, go away, Melania. We don't yeah. need none of you. No, we don't. So we have a... I mean, normally we would wait until we would uh, open the doors, throw open the doors to the Double Dead Hall of Fame, but I think we have a significant death because he is the break room zone. Yeah, just like we just had Melania on, we have had this guy on as well. Uh, this guy is famous for uh, having... An average NFL career, but he's mostly famous for one rant, uh, saying that the Bears are who he thought they were, and that is uh, Denny Green. Now, about, oh, I thought you were talking about Chopper Dave. I thought Chopper David died. 
No, no, he's, well, I thought we couldn't talk about him anymore. Oh, Why do yeah, you always bring great. him up and get us open for lawsuits? Uh, well, because I, like I like to live on the edge. <laughs> I like to play dangerously. You can call me Marky Dangerously over here. I can, but I won't. I definitely won't. Please do. No, there's no way I will. Hey, guys, but, I am back again. Oh, my God. Please die. But anyway, this takes us all the way back to the year 2006, which shows you how long we've been doing this yeah. freaking show off and on. We told you, we've been podcasting since 2006, this fucking and the show's true. been around too long. If you would care to fact check us, unlike a Trump and, debate... And then, I think we actually podcasted in almost every year at least once, so that yes. is a true statement. Yes. That we did podcast exactly. since 2006. Exact amundo. I think yes. the only year we missed was probably 2015. Uh, yeah, if we even missed that. Did we miss that? I don't know. Nobody could ever prove yeah, that. Yeah, it's impossible to know. Um, but anyway, this was all the way back in 2006. Uh, this was after that game we uh, actually covered. I guess we just covered general news or something. Uh, Mark used to put a lot of effort into doing these audio lunchboxes. Yes. Uh, which, that's not going to happen anymore, but, you know, back in the day we did. And uh, Denny Green made that audio lunchbox. And there's a couple of things that are kind of funny about this. One, uh, and it's not really even Denny Green related. I mean, it is... Very amusing that we were, or interesting that we were actually able to get celebrities on back then because mm-hmm. we had a lot more clout. We had Marina really Backer and we had Denny Green. Yeah, exactly. And Glenn uh, Morshower. Glenn Morshower. Uh, we also had Angela Kenzie. Don't Angela forget her. Angela Kenzie, yes. Uh, and then now, no celebrities. Nothing. We get nothing anymore. But, oh, well, we did uh, also have Barbaro. So we have, had, <laughs> we we have had a few celebrities over yes, the years. Yes, that's true. One thing, this was when we decided that, you know, we name all the episodes. One, two, three, four, five. When we come back, we're going to start doing seasons. <laughs> so for one season, we did seasons. And this episode is 2.0.2. Uh, very odd naming, or every, even for seasons. Uh, don't I don't worry know about what that. we were doing. Who knows? So I thought that was kind of odd. Two 26-year-old, me and Mark. Um, God, the, can you believe we're so damn old now? It's been I know. 10 years since we started the same show? Yeah, it has. We're it's, nearing it's, on uh, windsuit territory yeah, we're, here. <laughs> we're basically almost retired and <laughs> almost to the grave, but... Um, Mark and I, uh, it wasn't so much he who can't be mentioned that talked this way, but between Mark and I, as you'll hear, for some reason, I guess we thought it was cool back when we were 26 to, uh, you know, kind of have just a real lazy, hey, cool man. talk. How's it going, guys? We're on the podcast. <laughs> Radio yeah. voice. Yeah. So for some reason, we did that a lot. Two, you'll also notice this clip is about two minutes long. About 30 seconds of it is us trying to get Denny Green on the phone and not being able to do it. Uh, and potty him up and down. So our quality's gotten a little bit better since uh, since then. And if any celebrities want to call in now, I think we have our audio situation a little bit under control. We at least know that it never works. At least for this week. Yeah, we know that it doesn't work, so we always test it ahead of time to make sure it works. Before, we didn't. We were just, you know, lazy-talking podcasting. Hey, guys. guys. How's it going? Welcome back to KTBR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, 10-year-old audio. Can't believe we've been doing it this long. And this is our Denny Green. Uh, well, you know, we should mention Denny Green died. I don't think we mentioned that. Oh, yeah, good point. He so, died. Denny Green died. There's a reason and, we're playing uh, this. That's why we're playing this. So let's relive some old-time break room classic audio. Can we do a call with Denny Green? Can we make a call to him real quick? No. <laughs> I, I think we have his number. I think we do. I think we do. Let's give him a call. Dial him up. See if you can get him on the phone. Maybe we'll talk to him next week. Um, Why don't we go ahead and call him? You got his number? There you go. Get the dialing music going. Uh, Let's see if we can call him. Hey, champion. 
Hold on, I'm finding it. I'm looking through my giant Rolodex. Now the longhorns are gone. And the drums Gotta love this Dalla music. What's wrong with it? The Comanches are gone. All right. You like Huey Lewis on the The Outlaws I do like Huey Lewis. Good. Now Quantro's gone. Stan Wattie's gone. Here we go. And the lion is gone. <laughs> and the red wolf This ought to be great. This is an exclusive, isn't it? It is. I don't think any other podcast has had him on. Yeah, can we speak? To you? Is this Coach Green? This is Coach Green. Hi, Coach Green. This is uh, Mark and Dustin and Dave from How's the Break Room Podcast. How are you today? What? Who? The Break Room Podcast. Who? What? Breakroom.org. Yeah. Oh, you are who I thought you were. Exactly. Exactly. Can we can we pipe him down a little bit, Dustin? He's a little loud. You know what? I should turn him down. Actually, yeah, I think you should. Well, well, Coach, we want to talk to you about the game this week. You guys, uh, you got your asses handed to you in the fourth quarter. What happened? Tell us exactly. Bullshit. That's bullshit. Oh well, you know I got to turn you back. We thought the game was. That's why we showed up. I told you this already. So, so who do you blame it on then? The who you thought should win one? That's who I blame it on. You blame it on the bullshit. You blame it on me. What did I do? You, you, you were, you were who I thought you were. That doesn't make sense. That's it. This is bullshit. I'm out of here. <laughs> there, <laughs> there goes the very angry, angry, very angry Denny, Denny Green. Green. High five. <laughs> that was a super exclusive, don't you think? Oh yeah, that was. Uh, Nobody else in the U.S. got, after his press conference, in which he issued a very similar rant, <laughs> he came on just our airwaves, our pod waves. Just blame the bullshit, you know? Way back in 2006. Ah, the good old days. Back when we had a lazy talking voice. Like, how's it going? We need to go back to that. We need to go back to that. We just got to go glide in under the mic here. We're just talking about the KTWR. We're talking about all the gods that we got here. Then we got to pot it down. Got to pot it up. Got to pot it down. Let's just go to the next segment. We were so cool back then. No, so we cool. weren't. No, we're just, it, it did sound like we were high or something, but I it really we weren't. But we weren't. Uh, we we might have been drunk. I don't know, but we weren't high. It's entirely possible, but not high. No, <laughs> but it sure sounds like it, it does sound like we just kind of put on a, like a smooth affectation, like we're gonna kick out the hits. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what that was about. Right here on KTBR, we're kicking out all the hits. <laughs> Very FM DJ of us. Coming up on the other side of the break, we've got Brokeback. <laughs> not a very rousing song, but a hit <laughs> from coast to coast. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. So, R.I.P. Denny Green, appreciate the call. You may or may not make it into the Double Dead Hall of Fame, but you'll that, have to wait about a month until we find that I was going to say, that vote is later, but, um, you know, we at least appreciate the interview. <laughs> All right, well, moving on. Okay. Food. I'm hungry. I want some food. I'm it's time for another award-winning edition of the Taste Buddies. Food. Taste awesome. Buddies, okay, assemble. As soon as I step foot in the shot, I know that I don't know what I want. Chicken donor, coffee kebab, or lamb shish, or mixed special. Ah, uh, our favorite recurring segments. I like to think anyways, Taste Buddies. Well, if, it, if it's your favorite, then it's your favorite. You don't have to think about it. I like to think about things, though. I mean, you can think about it if you want, but you can come to the conclusion that it is. It's certainly my favorite segment. Oh, good God. We get to put our uh, tasting skills to, to use here that we uh, we have built up. We first built them up on the break room, and then we transferred that to a new show when we quit this show called Brew Bloods, and now we're bringing our expert skills back to the show for a little bit of food. And this is basically a Brew Bloods uh, episode. It pretty much is. I mean, is. we have the same characters, so. If you enjoy a, a Thomas Butt-free show, then you should go listen to Brew Bloods. It's a beer show. It's about tasting beer and... 
thinking beer and drinking beer and learning about beer. And we'll let you know a little bit more about that in the bumper when we're leaving. Yes. A little less silly than this uh, show, but... Uh, we're still silly. Silly, but not uh, as over the top. You can't take the silly out of these guys. Yeah. Too much silly ingrained. <laughs> we're a couple of silly sods over here. You can but, never take the silly out of You can't take the silly from me. But the like thing, Firefly. Exactly. But the thing about it is, we don't have to just review brewed beers. No. We can actually uh, review other things. Our palate is wide-ranging, and this segment allows us to really stretch that palate out. Right. We're a couple of silly Sammies, but we can extend our uh, Tasting Tom taste buds to other products other than just liquids. Absolutely. And in fact, it's a solid this week. It is solid. Unlike Thomas's butt, it's a solid. Oh, yeah. It's the opposite of what is coming out of Thomas's ass this week. <laughs> it's the opposite of Zika Thomas. Exactly. Now, this was actually inspired by a recent uh, trip that we all went on. Um, someone, my wife... Uh, actually requested some Pop-Tarts Your wife. as a breakfast item that she hadn't had in a long time and thought that was going to be a good idea. Now, when you think of Pop-Tarts, I think most people think of, you know, standard strawberry, maybe some brown sugar, maybe some chocolate, something like that, right? I sure. mean, if you're thinking about Pop-Tarts, that's what Your comes standard issue Pop-Tart, right? Well, you know, on Taste Buddies, we don't like to go standard, if it's possible. And they have a special release. We like to play in the fringe. Yeah, we play in the fringe. And they had a special release. Uh, it's a limited edition, so I don't know how limited. Well, much like the Pokemans, you gotta you got to catch them all. And we got to catch all the limited edition of this product, apparently. All the limited edition of this, all the limited edition Oreos. You know, you got to go out and get that when it's there. And you have to keep it in your, your snack vault, and you have to never, ever touch it. But we're breaking a cardinal rule here we are. by touching the snack. And I'll tell you, it's this rare, Mark. This was the last box at Kroger. Ooh. Last box. So this is some exclusive stuff we have right here. Now, is this kind of like the Sam, Odi Sam Adams Utopias of this product? It really is. Although, I don't know if it's as good as that, but it is like that, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we could probably throw these up on eBay, get a couple of grand for it, but you know, we're not going to do that. And we're going to eat them for you, you. I'm guessing you spend as much on as you would on a Utopias or a bottle of uh, Johnny Walker Blue. Uh, well, I didn't have to, but oh. in secondary market, because I got it directly from the store. But if we went secondary market, I mean, you're talking thousands. But we're giving up thousands of dollars and actually turning a product on this podcast for once in a decade just so you guys can experience us eating this food. This is what we do for you guys. Exactly. We That's gave up profit. We gave up profit for America. Instead, we're going to stay thousands of dollars in the red over 10, or over 10 years yes. uh, opposed to actually making money. Now, this is one of the weirder combos I think I have ever seen uh, outside of maybe throwing meat inside of a, a Pop-Tart. I understand fruit... Uh, you when, know, when I, did anybody throw meat instead of? By the way, we're talking about pop tarts. No, I'm saying that would be the weirdest. Oh, if they I put, see. You know, they put like a ham pop tart out. That'd be really <laughs> weird. But out of the fruits, wouldn't that kind of be like a kolache almost? Though, like it's just a meat. It just comes a meat pocket. At but that point. if they threw like uh, some kind of sugary filling or something on there, it'd be kind of you know with the ham. Yeah, with the ham. So like a make like a sugar uh, baked ham or whatever, they call, a honey baked ham. Uh, maybe. Maybe it, you, it still seems weird. Maybe for Thanksgiving we could take a honey ba baked ham and wrap a pop tart around it. We could do that but and make the world's first honey baked pop tart. But that'll be a later episode. Not honey this baked episode. ham tart. But you know, out of the fruits that you stuff in a pop tart, I've seen cherry, I've seen strawberry. That, those are kind of standard. Um, and a little known fact, by the way, we should note that we're admitter, admitted assassins of Fruit of the Looms characters. And little known yes. fact is when we kill the, and this is on the other show, so you should go listen to that to find out the uh, the background. <laughs> but we assassinate fruit, and when you assassinate fruit, they immediately go into the pop tart blender. And that's uh, usually around fruity beer. 
But this time yes. we're talking about a fruity right, food. Right. But Kellogg's, I think it's Kellogg's who makes this, comes they by do. and they, they scrape them off the street after we curb stomp a fruit of the loom, and they scrape it off the street, pour it into a dumpster, and then pour it into your Pop-Tart. Although I don't believe we've actually curb stomped this particular fruit. No, this is a new fruit, yeah. for sure. And the fruit we're talking about today in this very limited edition exclusive Pop-Tart run is watermelon. Ooh. Now, watermelon just seems seems odd to throw inside of a Pop-Tart. Why? It just seems like a fruit that doesn't get stuffed in things very much. Well, don't you enjoy a nice watermelon ranch, Jolly Rancher? Yeah, there's a, there's candy that's watermelon. Sure, that's one of the that's probably the best uh, Jolly Rancher going. Ooh, I don't know. We'd have to. Oh, you want to check? You want to fight me on that? We'd have to go across the board. You want to fight those. me on that? Yeah, you I want to fight right now. I want to throw all three you of these monitors fight. down on you. I will fight you. I will immediately fight you right now to prove that uh, well, watermelon Jolly Ranchers are the best. Well, that's for Breakout Media Fight Night. We'll do that. <laughs> And we periscoped all that. You can see that later. Right. That was a very quick fight. A <laughs> little winded, but, you know, we're good. But I, I just don't feel like watermelon is a filling in very many things. Like, it is a candy that's out there, but I don't think it's a filling very often. I think I, I've had grape, it. Grape, strawberry, that kind of stuff. But watermelon seems to be kind of rare. I admit they're playing in the fringes here. No. There's no... Look, they... They're experimenting. The Pop-Tarts have been out there so long, they have to try to find a way to break on through to the other side. Exactly. Because, frankly, I think America is bored with the Pop-Tart. And I gotta Just say, the standard strawberry, your standard issue pop tart. Yeah, you know the type of pop tart that goes into military rations when our boys go to fight overseas to fight Hitler. They give you, a, you know, a two pack of strawberry. Yeah, and exactly. Send you over in a in a sub. Your Foot Locker comes with chocolate. It comes with cigarettes. It comes with a little bit of heroin, uh, and it comes with a, a two pack of a standard issue chocolate pop tarts. And I think, frankly, our and our, a pin up calendar of Mark. Uh, yeah, of course. And I, yeah. fr- frankly, I think our our boys over there fighting Hitler. And Stalin and Putin are, uh, I think they're bored with it. I think they're bored with me. I think they're bored with the chocolate Pop-Tart. <laughs> and there's no watermelon over there, right? No, watermelon won't grow anywhere but America. Yeah, exactly. Little known fact. So this is like, no, a, I, this I, is a U.S.-based thing. I say America. I mean the, the whole contiguous America. Not, I'm, well, yeah, look, true. I'm not going to limit myself just to North America. You normally do. I will also allow South America to grow watermelon. You're kind of a border wall guy. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, you like, you like just the north of the wall but type, I, I'm type gonna, scenario. I'm going to construct a wall just around Melania Trump. <laughs> that's good. That's the only border I'm worried about. And I'm going to construct tiny little borders around Trump's hands. Did you see that they're talking about trying to build a tiny wall around Trump Tower? <laughs> that would be awesome. You should go look at that. It's kind of funny. Awesome. But anyway. I saw somebody built a wall around his uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Yeah, that was that was funny too. But yeah, just like I said, watermelon, a little bit more rare um, as a filling. It's not rare as something you eat in the summertime. And this is the summertime. We're in the dead of heat here. We're entering August, mm-hmm. the month of pure hell in Texas. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Pure hell coming I think for the was, next uh, few weeks. Something around 95 at about 9 o'clock this morning. Yeah, exactly. So pure hell for the and, next three weeks, maybe into September. And humid enough to give you swamp crotch immediately. Yeah, yeah. Onion ass, all yeah. that stuff. And I fully expect that my air conditioner bill this month will probably be somewhere between three and $400. Yeah, that's bad. To keep it a tolerable temperature in this house. Somewhere around 75, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's constantly running. <laughs> Just like my refrigerator's running, so is my air conditioner. Hey-oh! <laughs> hey, hey, hey! First grade so, prank calls. So we have actually prepared these in both methods that most people consume them, heated up or cool. Um, the heated up version, Mark, for some reason, has no kind of toaster, toaster oven, anything in his look, home. Uh, we're, um, we, look, you can have a... Uh, no, we just can't afford that in this house. That's, I think he's just so anti-carb. He doesn't want to think well, about the fact of heating up toast. We were we were really greatly affected by the recession of 2008, and we had to give up. We had to sell our toaster to make ends meet. 
And you we like, have not you get like had a nice crisp five for that or something. We haven't had the means, the wherewithal, the gumption, the chutzpah to replace it. Because frankly, I was really I had I was I was forlorn. I felt lost. I wandered the streets, the streets of Dowdy Ferry Road. For he weeks. streaked the streets. I streaked uh, in my upset yeah. nature. That I'd lost such a great friend. It was diarrhea history. streaks, too. It wasn't oh, like course. he was naked. No, no. Was, he created diarrhea streaks on the road. It's like a diarrhea runway. Pretty much. Up and down Dowdy Ferry Road. Which is pretty much all the time. And I haven't had the heart to replace it, because it was, it was such a good friend, and I can't imagine replacing old Tom Toaster. So, I'll, I'll be getting Mark a toaster for his uh, next birthday. And I will promptly shoot it in the face. Because <laughs> that's for carbs. <laughs> exactly. I haven't had a carb since 2006. <laughs> well, you're about to, because we are tasting... And that's really weird that you do a beer show but haven't had a carb in 10 years. I filter out the carbs before every show. <laughs> he, he he pukes it out. He actually cuts all that part out. But. I had an attachment put in my stomach that just uh, pulls extracts the carbs on the way in. But oddly enough, as someone that does not frequently consume Pop-Tarts and really never did over the years, um, I didn't know they had yes, a microwave option. And they apparently have a microwave option. So It's a uh, yeah, microwave it's technology. A yeah. It's a yeah. Yeah, so we, we went ahead and partook of that. It says three seconds, but you put it in for three seconds. It absolutely doesn't heat up anything. So we did extend it a little bit. Went about eight or nine seconds. And uh, breaking news, it still doesn't heat up anything. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. It's uh, yeah. So these Pop-Tarts, uh, we should talk about uh, the box first of all. All Pop-Tarts come in like this blue box. And right. this one is emblazoned with limited edition across the top. Because everybody knows that they collect Pop-Tarts at all times. Sure. And I gotta say... Not surprisingly, the the product in the box looks way better than the product on the plate. Of course, that's always the case with them. And that's a Kellogg thing. Yeah, I, w- I would venture that. Uh, I'll try to put this. I'll try to remember to put this on Instagram. But there's a, a neat little a neat little comic on the back that uh, has one of the worst jokes of all time about the soul patch and a dinosaur looking. That at one a, at least makes sense, though. The other yeah, two don't make any damn sense. Yeah, but then it ends with the dinosaur looking at the pop tarts wiener. It's really yeah, strange. It's, it's real. Yeah, it's real provocative. It's pop tart like crutch. Kid, yeah, it's, it's really like a kid snack. Really suggestive. Like yeah. we've got a groper here, a, a random like he's about. Like, pop- is the dinosaur going to go down on the pop tart guy? And, and plus, this pop tart's exposing himself. I mean, he's fully nude here. Yeah. He's running around streaking. And yeah, he's not, a nudist that's like eyes up here laughing about it. And he's, up like, here. Oh. he's doing like the swing back and forth where the penis hits both uh, legs, you know? He's kind of yeah. just doing that. He's kind of waving her and doing a helicopter with it. He's got his like little brown sugar wiener hitting back and forth. <laughs> and it's, it's no really wonder, weird. It's no wonder that this uh, t- dinosaur in a bow tie has transfixed upon his uh, helicoptering Pop-Tart wiener. Because what's sexier than a Pop-Tart fucking a dinosaur? <laughs> right. Doesn't get any hotter than that. Pornhub.com slash dinosaur fucking a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and it's a 3D video, so put on your uh, your VR helmets. So, we have the heated version, we have the cold version. Anytime I did consume... Did you ever eat Pop-Tarts growing up, Mark? Of course. Yeah, it's uh, due to my uh, you know fat kid nature, I think that should be self-evident, but of course. Well, well, when you ate them, did you toast them or did you eat them cold? Oh, always cold. Me too. I, I always, always went cold. I didn't only, like them heated. The only time I employed a toaster was for the product that a toaster was meant for, and that's for toast, for bread. That's pretty much all I did as well. You know, fuck your bagels, fuck your Pop-Tarts... The Might toaster have put a Pillsbury meant- strudel in there occasionally, but uh, oh no, it, fuck your strudel! It was mostly just it was mostly bread. No, no, a toaster is meant for one product. That's dry bread that I, I can apply lavish amounts of peanut butter and butter and jelly and meats. Oh yeah, and pepperonis, olives, Maybe pickles, some cheese. Uh, screw your cheese. You like cheese? No, that well, cheese is for losers. You, you love cheese. He loves cheese, but but never a pop tart. A pop tart has never crossed my toaster threshold. So we're in agreement that the cold is usually the preferred method. So uh, I wouldn't say preferred, just uh, I never would dare uh, put it in the no, toaster. Okay. Well, for me, it's my preferred method. 
So I'm interested to see if there is any difference in the five second heat up in the microwave versus the regular cold. Although we have been talking for 20 minutes, so they may yeah. be the same exact temperature. They are probably equal temperature at this point. Yeah. Now the uh, the pop tart itself has a a pinkish the the the, the uh, what do you call it the the inside the rind or the uh, the rind no. of the pop tart. Yeah, exactly. The frosting of the pop tart. That's what I was looking for. Is <laughs> yeah. uh, pinkish as a typical inside of a watermelon. It, yeah, and it's strangely streaked with some sort of mustard yellow. Ish greenish. As I say, substance. it's more greenish, but still, why would you want like something that reminds you of the outside of a watermelon on the outside of the pop tart? And frankly, why isn't the rest of the pop tart dyed green? Why that's, didn't they? That's true. Wouldn't the better play have been here been marketing department, uh, food designers to make the rest of the pop tart green and then give it the pink frosting and then maybe some uh, black little specks on top? Maybe that'll be the next limited edition. Maybe run. some chocolate little specks to indicate the seeds. That'll be the next limited edition run. Or maybe give us real watermelon seeds. How about that marketing department? I don't know. If Did you, want... you ever think of that? Give know. us watermelon seeds. Why don't you do that? I don't know if you want full seeds. You don't know that. You don't know that. All right. So which one do you want to start with, Mark? Let's start with the cold. I mean the natural. Okay. The Al Natural Pop-Tart. They come in that uh, well-known standard foil wrapping. Foil, yeah. And, frankly, I don't know. The, the, the appearance here is not very desirous here. It just looks like well, somebody just casually took a, a magic marker to the top of this yellowish-greenish thing and slabbed some pink on it. Well, look at mine. It's like uh, they just threw the pink all over the edge. They didn't oh, even wow. bother making it uh, all even or anything. Your Pop-Tart is willy-nilly. Yeah, it really is. So I feel like they put an, out, an outer coating and then they have an inner coating, uh, just like all Pop-Tarts do. It's like their Pop-Tart robots have gone on strike here. Not necessarily strike, but they're rebelling in small ways because we know they have the three laws to prevent them from killing us. But they're finding small ways to rebel. And these Pop-Tart robots, they don't apply the frosting and other accessories, accoutrement, evenly. Like they should. No, they do not. And frankly, they should all be killed for it. Now, it does have a strong watermelon taste. I'll give them that. I don't know about that. I think it's a very strong artificial watermelon taste. I get a lot more of just the the pop than the tart. But you need to bite more in the middle, where they where they stuffed all the watermelon flavor in. It's not the best, but it is it is there. And then you got kind of like a an odd candy aftertaste, which I guess is the top part. Okay, now I'm starting to get it. the jelly in the middle. Yeah, you got to get the jelly in the middle. That's the only watermelon tasting stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say the frosting itself, the outer crusty frosting, does not taste. It, it neither smells nor tastes like watermelon. No, it doesn't. And at we're all. talking watermelon taste. Let's keep in mind, folks, in the snack game, oh, watermelon, folks, fa- fake watermelon, never tastes like real watermelon. I don't know how how we ever translated like Jolly Rancher watermelon. It's like most grape this. candy too. It doesn't taste like real grapes. Yeah, usually. yeah, exactly. I don't know how we we had to like. Kick it up like ten notches. We had to Guy Fieri this bitch yeah. to make it taste something vaguely approximating uh, a watermelon from ten thousand years ago. Um, I don't see how you could eat too many of these. To be honest with you, I find that true of most pop tarts these days. Most pop tarts, but man, this is—it's like candied watermelon taste is yeah. not something that I'd want to consume for very often. Very really, often at all. It really is like if you took. Jolly Ranchers and crunched them down and made a jelly out of them and then stuffed them inside a thin layer inside of a Pop-Tart topped by a tasteless pink shell. And I really don't think the green does anything different. The little green the swirl green, they add? The green adds nothing to this product. Yeah, it's just like a little bonus to make it look more watermelon It's a useless uh, accoutrement for this stupid, stupid product. Yeah. 
So go to hell. So there was the uh, there was the cold version. Now that was the thing we ate. We're gonna go toasty here. <laughs> yeah, super toasty. Yeah. So the box said to go toasty here, you have to put it in the microwave for three seconds. Yeah, three on seconds high. on high. We put it on five. We played on the edge. Yeah. Still cold, so we put it in for another five. It did crack a little bit though. I noticed that. At least mine did. Now it's a little warm. A little warm. I would say that really has no effect on the taste. It though. has absolutely zero effect on the taste. Yeah. Tastes no different. Looks no different. Not that it necessarily would, but I guess it's maybe preferable if you just want it warm or you want it cold. I mean, what's the grand conspiracy here that we have to put our Pop-Tarts in the toaster? What is the... Is there is there a microwave slash toaster lobby that's advocating for this that we have to put our things like... Who's going to die if we don't put them in the toaster or the microwave? Uh, you might. Who benefits? Do we need to follow the money with Big Pop-Tart? Kellogg might have to hit it out on you. You never know. Do we need to follow the money with Big Microwave and Big Toaster? With Big Kellogg. With Big Kellogg to find mm-hmm. out why they're pushing such a toasty agenda? I feel like Kellogg, Keebler, and Nabisco are all together in their conspiracy. Oh, of course. There's there's it's, no doubt they are the Pentaveret. They're part of the Pentaveret. Oh, yeah. Them and, them and the Colonel with his wee beady eyes. It's the Colonel. They all meet together. It's Kellogg. Hasbro's probably in there for toys. Sure. Mattel. Nabisco. Mattel. Yeah, they're all there. They're all there. They're all part of the Metavert, and they're controlling our lives. <laughs> and then under their underlings are Big Pop Tart and Big Microwave. Well, and they're trying to get money to Big the Big Toaster, right? And big, and big Toaster's like, make this stuff toasted, and we'll get you a kickback. And they're like, hell yeah, we're gonna make all this shit. And what's this young upstart watermelon come out of nowhere, try to inject themselves in our lives? I know Big Fruit's coming into play. Big Fruit, Big Fruit of the Loom. Mm. They don't just make underwear; they make uh, fake fruit as well. Watermelons, like, bitch, I've been on the sideline for a long time. You guys get me in here, I'm blowing the lid off of all this shit. They're like, all right, we'll give you a limited run. They're like, all right, you want to try to be a star? We'll make you a star. We'll we give you a limited run, goddammit. Just don't, get, let, let us do it. We don't know what kind of you know horse sexual picks that uh, Big Watermelon has on Hasbro. Oh, God. And all kinds. Watermelon's known for that. Watermelon is a sneaky son of a bitch. They're devious. Watermelon is a devious son of a bitch. Yeah. He's like uh, the Veronica Mars of uh, the, sn- the snack product. He's always going out there. And he just, doesn't work for money. He goes out there for pleasure. He just travel. Just wait. Big watermelon will make its way into beer. Oh, yeah. Of You'll course. have a watermelon of beer course. by the end of the oh, year. We've seen the invasion of cucumber, and yes. that's enough. Oh, Frankly, yeah. my friend, that's enough. We don't need watermelon in our beer. And cucumber's kind of like the lightweight version. They don't oh, really, yeah. I mean, they don't really have any good evidence. They don't really have any good PIs. Watermelon is like... They just threaten, and then if you if you threaten them back, they're like, okay, yeah, we don't really have anything. I Sorry. Mean, I enjoy a nice cucumber, but a cucumber is like watermelon's, you know, third-rate cousin inbred that's missing two chromosomes. Watermelon will cut a bitch. Watermelon if, will cut a if bitch. If you go against Watermelon. But in secret. But in secret. Yeah, absolutely. He's like Varys from Game of Thrones. Mm. He's he is the Varys of fruits. He's secret, he's he's sneaky, but he's still a son of a bitch that will cut your ass. I feel like he's more Littlefinger. You think Littlefinger? Littlefinger hmm. will cut a bitch. I think Varys is a little more sincere well, That's than true. I guess Varys is working for the good of the kingdom. Exactly. Whereas Littlefinger's for him. Whereas Watermelon's not working for anybody. He's a son of a bitch. He's well, just working for himself. Watermelon's for himself, just that's like right. Littlefinger right. is. So he, Watermelon is the Littlefinger of, of, the, uh, yeah. of the world. And he's running his fruit whorehouse and taking pictures of all like all the Kellogg's oh, yeah. executives having sex with fruit. They war- Sometimes they warm it up in the toaster or the microwave, some of yeah. that fruit, and they stick their wieners in. And right there, Watermelon's there with his... Uh, his camera, he's got the camera behind the painting with the googly eyes, like in Scooby-Doo. And he's taking pictures. He's taking pictures of all the sex that Kellogg's executives yeah, are having with fruit. He's like, I'm, I'm tired of big strawberry and big cherry right. getting everything. He's making his way up. He's yeah. summoning his fruit armies, his Absolutely. watermelon army. He's making. He's coming to the forefront. And frankly, I don't like it. I won't stand for it. As a protector of the realm, I will not stand for this insurgency. Dude, don't go against big watermelon. Hey. You're fucked. I command the north. You are fucked. I command the north land of, of snacks. <laughs> I'm all for watermelon, guys. Let's make that noted. 
<laughs> you, I love big watermelon. Be, but I stand for principles and values. And I, that's I Mark's stand, views alone. I stand for equality and eggs. <laughs> you do stand for eggs. That's true. I stand for a lot of eggs. Yeah. I, I like eggs, too. But, you know, big watermelon, they're good. They're good with me. Now, are they good in a Pop-Tart? That's the question. Hmm. Would you like to go first, Mark? Well, they want you to think they're good. They do. So let's start with the the untoasted version. You know, I still prefer, I think, the untoasted Pop-Tart, just because it's what I grew up with. It's what I know as a kid. Or unmicrowaved in this case. Unmicrowaved, whatever. Yeah. Non-heated. Right. Straight out of the package. Non-heated, there you go. Fresh out of foil, straight out of Compton. That's how I like my Pop-Tarts. That's what I grew up with. That's what I know. That's my, it's my legacy. It's what uh, my ancestors taught me. Straight out of the, fresh off the boat from Mexico and Ireland. That's what they taught me. So that's what I know. That's what I love. And I can't really get, I could never acclimate myself to a heated tart. I forgot that you came out of Mexico and Ireland at the right, same time. Same time. Was, Two halves smashed together. That was quite a roundabout they, when they when we went from Mexico and then yeah. we go to the U.S. Like, wait a minute, when they got to go make a stop in Ireland and come back. It was kind of right. They, it was they, a long trip. The ancestors crashed in southern Mexico and slowly drove their way up in it's a, a long, uh, unnecessary right. path they took in a Mitsubishi, a broken down. Couldn't send a separate boat from Ireland. You no, know, no, no, whatever. They went to Mitsubishi with three wheels yeah. up from southern Mexico from Chihuahua all the way up to uh, southern Texas and vaguely or vaguely. Uh, Strong, st- slowly made their way up to uh, vaguely, vaguely, strongly, and slowly made their way up through Texas. <laughs> like we're sort of making it to, uh, vaguely in Texas. I don't know. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to give just on pop tart to pop tart uh, basis, comparatively to comparatively, face to face in your face. Uh, I'm going to give this one definitely gets a better rating. Now I don't like the Jolly Rancher flavor. It's just too much. Probably half a tart and I'm done because it's just too strong. Maybe it's because I haven't had a carb since uh, 1997. I don't enjoy such strong, sugary flavors anymore. It's entirely possible. And I might make it the sugar sweats here and start to vomit all over your face. <laughs> but that being said, I'm going to give it a nice 3 out of 5. It's not bad. It's not great. And I don't appreciate uh, Big Watermelon's invasion of our uh, Pop-Tarted lands. Don't, don't we give thumbs on this? Oh, yeah. Two thumbs up, all side right. down, sideways? Uh, yeah. I give one thumb up, one thumb down. Okay. Or two thumbs sideways? Or two thumbs sideways... And that the average three thumbs the other side. Okay. And if you want to do one up and one, it's your thumb. You and do another, another you want. four thumbs a quarter of the way down, but up. I'm just doing the conversion for the listener that that's the same as two sideways. But if you want one up, one down, I do what I want. It's your thumbs. Don't, ma- do, don't do mess with my rating. Hey, it's your thumbs. All right. What you do you do think you about the non-toasted? I like you prefer the non-toasted. Um, I also. Last night was a good example of how I can't handle a lot of sugar either. I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Um, in the next segment, we're going to review Suicide Squad, and then and Alamo Drafthouse had a special called the Banana Pudding uh, Shake, which sounded really awesome because I love banana pudding. I drank about a half or maybe a quarter of that, and I felt disgusting, and I couldn't handle any more of it, and I started feeling sick and nauseous. So, just because you are disgusting. Well, yeah, I am, but... I understand the whole sugar aversion thing, and I'm with you that on on the pop tarts as well. I cannot eat. I don't think I could even eat two full pop tarts without feeling kind of sick. Right. Just not a big sugar fan. More of a more of a savory guy. That's right. my thing. Savory. Um, watermelon in general, not a fruit I go to very often. So this was kind of going out. You know, I know Kellogg was experimenting here, and I was experimenting going out on a limb, actually eating sure. this. So you, you love to. We're experiment. both experimenting, right. and I like to experiment with uh, you know. Big snack corporations. That's where I like to experiment. So it was already kind of up against it because it's a fruit I don't consume very often. But on the cold one, I kind of agree with you. I, I think the cold one actually, the flavor 
a little too candied. I wish it was a little more authentic. Yeah. The first bite I had had less candy and more filling, and it was better. I think they would do well to not have the frosted top. If they had like the, you know, they have the, some of the Pop-Tarts just had the filling. If this just had the watermelon filling, I actually think it would have been okay. But that sugary add-on, it actually takes away from it. So for the cold one, I'm going to go ahead and give that one one thumb sideways, one thumb down. So we're pretty much in agreement there. Close. Now the microwave one, I have to say, we microwaved for a total of about 10 seconds. Added nothing to it. Maybe made it a, just a smidge warmer. And if you guys think we're cheating on that because Mark doesn't have a toaster, there are official microwave instructions on the box. Yeah, absolutely. We're not just, well, let's just heat it in the microwave because we got nothing else. It's part of there the, are official instructions. It's part of the uh, Kellogg rhetoric that we should microwave it. Exactly. You don't have to have a toaster, guys. If you're right. not If you're not rich enough like me, if you're not, I'm sorry, if you're like me and not rich enough to afford a toaster, which you had to sell to feed your family, it's okay. You can microwave. Microwaves are perfectly acceptable. You can probably even oven it. You probably could. Any way you heat it. Just heat just it, heat it. That's but what I, you gotta do. But I gotta say, I don't think 10 seconds of heat did anything to this Pop-Tart. <laughs> I don't think it brightened any flavors. I don't think it made it any more acceptable. If I'm gonna heat something, I want it actually warm. I want it to... I want it to, the, the frosting to some sort of alter its flavor in some sort of capacity. Maybe liquefy it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe make it rock hard so I chip a tooth on it. I just want something. And heating it up, in this case, did absolutely nothing. So I'm gonna give this, like... Five thumbs down because it did nothing for the Pop-Tart. Did absolutely nothing for the heated version. Five thumbs down. Now, I have to disagree with you slightly on that it did nothing for it, but I will say it did nothing positive for it. The only thing it did for it was make it super brittle and falling apart. So it was slightly warmer. The internal part was slightly warmer, and it fell completely apart almost when you tried to pick it up. So... I would never, re- I would never recommend actually microwaving one of these, even if you like them heated up. You know, at least maybe the mi- maybe the uh, toaster does better on it, but the microwave does not do well. So, let's back mark up and say, I'm giving it 50 thumbs down. It's 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 bad. If you're gonna have one of these, just have it cold out of the box. You'll have the experience. You'll have the sugary candy watermelon taste, and that's all you need out of this. So, yeah, I'm gonna say 50 thumbs down. So combined score of. 233.7 thumbs down. <laughs> it did not do well. Get out of our snack game, Kellogg's, with your big watermelon. You know what? I'm not going to take this big watermelon invasion into my snack game anymore. <laughs> I'm done with it. All right. On the other side, review of Suicide Squad. You said that weird. You're listening to The Break Room, home of the Mimosa Men. If beer is your preference, check out Brew Bloods at Brew Bloods on Twitter or find us on iTunes. Yep. Did you hear about Victor Rodriguez Gonzalez, the guy who's running for lieutenant governor? Well, I know, Jake. Is he a Democrat? No. He's trying to call himself a Republican. Victor Rodriguez Gonzalez, a Republican? I don't think so. (laughs) 
He sounds like he gets health care at Parkland <laughs> and owns, a, owns an old Impala. You said it, Jesse. <laughs> Gonzalez wants to make us all have gay marriage with Obama <laughs> and then throw our guns in the Rio Grande for the Kenyans to pick up and fight against our American boys in Pakistan. <laughs> makes sense. That's why I'm voting for John Strong. Yep. He's a true conservative. <laughs> who doesn't want to turn all our families into anal communists. <laughs> I heard John Strong once took down 15 Viet Cong and a chopper during the Korean War barehanded. And he's the only one who's willing to stand up to Obama's liberal agenda to make us all black. Well, oh, my God. I think the choice is clear then, Jesse. I can vote for... The Mexican Obama, Victor Rodriguez Gonzalez, or I can vote for a true Reagan Republican family man, marriage conservative, conservative, tough on crime, founding fathers, values, low taxes, constitution, John Strong. Save our children and our way of life. The original American, Jesus Christ, and his wife, the Statue of Liberty, would want it that way. Paid for by citizens for John Strong. I want to build a team of some bad people who can do some good. What are you really up to? Flag, it's a need to know. And all you need to know is you work for me. You need real soldiers, not these scumbags. Everyone has a weakness, and a weakness can be leveraged. That is just a mean lady. Yeah. You got a job to do. Light it up! Getting people to act against their own self-interest is what I do for a living. I'll accept the consequences. I am your consequence. They warn me about you. I didn't believe the stories. Nobody does. Suicide Squad. Rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX 3D. Fight! When the world cried out in agony at the horrors of the evil Lord Blandish culture, three men came from a distant land to defend them with their thumbs of fire. Separately, these warriors are known as Mark the Bus and Dirty Dirty Dustin. But when evil threatens, they raise their hands to the sky and summon the fire to become the thumbs of fury. Are you ready? It's thumb time. Ah, yes. We down our helms once again. Our what was that? Our down. Down. <laughs> our helms are... a little shake voice, kind of like the invitation singing. Invitation. <laughs> we down our, our helms and suits of armor, and the thumbs are here to take revenge, <laughs> to avenge, revenge, and fight everyone on the matter of movies. I don't think anyone knows what the invitation reference is, but I'm going to throw it out That's there anyway. It's okay. We know it if you're here in Dallas. The Invitation. <laughs> I feel like your scream just fits into that intro. It should just it be does. there. It's it's our rally cry. <laughs> it really is. It's our war cry that terrifies all of our enemies when when we approach the cinematic battlefield. <laughs> Tremble and weep before us, <laughs> non-thumbs. A scream that Mark cannot create again. He's, nope. tried, he's oh tried several times. Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe once, but still. He tried again. I've tried at least one other time. Yeah. So today we're here to talk about Suicide Squad, which just came out this past Friday, and... Uh, uh, one F thirteen has asked us many times, like at least one time, to bring back Thumbs of Fury, and so here we are to cover 
the latest cinematic, very hotly contested uh, movie release. And this yes. time it's Suicide Squad. And to celebrate that, I'm uh, drinking a Deep Ellum IPA for any of your uh, any Dallas fans out there, which I think the uh, the outside of it is fitting. I mean, you know, you got kind of the crazy looking smile with the okay the beer looking face and all that kind of stuff. I feel like they do that kind of caricature stuff. I won't allow uh, throughout I won't, there. I won't allow it, but okay, you're well, drinking it, that beer. It's allowed. I won't allow it. <clears throat> it's already allowed. It's not allowed. We're equal to the show. That's okay. I've, I've been in uh, the I've, first creation and second creation. So I'm more of the leader of the Thumbs Fury. That's okay. Uh, I don't know about that. And I'm going to not allow it. And for, in fact, you're on latrine duty from and here on And in fact, out. since we only had the double-dead corpse of Thomas this week, uh, his diarrhea corpse, I actually suck up all that power, so I've become more <laughs> strong than you. But I've gone into an alternate form, and I've added, uh, I've summoned down the Thumb Gods, and I now have 20 thumbs. So I now have power over you. And I've cut off 15 of them. But they've regrown, and now I have 40 thumbs. Do you guys want to hear us do this for the rest of the episode? We can keep going. <laughs> or I can come back and make another appearance for Trump Sticks. <laughs> and Suicide Squad. It is my very favorite, most luxurious film of all of the year. I am hurt now, but I can keep going like a Terminator. So, Suicide Squad, one of the uh, lesser-known DC properties... And unfortunately so because it has some pretty awesome characters in it. It has a lot of potential for sure. They yeah. if you're somehow not aware of this film, they basically took the villains <laughs> some of the more B-rate. You've been living under a rock or what? Oh, <laughs> oh god, oh god, kill me. Uh yeah, it's basically like you took a bunch of villains and turned them into a uh force for good. And it's been a concept for quite a while That's in right. the uh DC Comics universe. And there's been various incarnations of it. I think they, if I remember right, I think they started out not as a as a villain group, but they were, I think they were World War II based. Just a bunch of in the original. And rebel some, rousers that were they, out there. Yeah, and somehow they became villains in the end, headed by Amanda Waller, a.k.a. The Wall, mm-hmm. and has been uh, showing up in the, and I, know, I think they showed up in the animated series, or at least one of them, on one occasion. I know Amanda <laughs> Waller's been there a lot. Uh, she's also the, been an arrow. She has, but I, I'm, I'm saying going back, she used to be sure. played by CCH Pounder in the animated uh, versions of DC properties. And I don't remember if Suicide Squad was in that or not, but she was definitely there. I would probably say uh, her appearance in the TV universe is probably the newest version of it, though. Uh, the yeah. Amanda Waller character. Right. And in this <laughs> case, she was played by Viola Davis. And just as an aside, I still think they should have gotten CCH Pounder because I think she... There's nothing wrong with Viola Davis, but... She doesn't portray, at least in this incarnation, like, Amanda Waller is supposed to be such a badass. Like, she blackmails everybody, uh, all the, like, the joint, joint chiefs of staff. She blackmails right. them to get what she wants. She's not afraid to do whatever she wants at any point. Do you know who played her in the TV show? Uh, no, I don't. Did I you don't. think that that was a good version of her? Uh, not really. She was okay. I was going to say, I don't think she was quite cutthroat enough in the no. TV version. No, she was definitely, of the Amanda Waller's portrayed on screen, she was definitely like fourth or fifth of the three that were on screen. I would actually say uh, Davis is better than the TV version. Yeah, absolutely. But CCH Pounder, to me, was the perfect incarnation of that character. And I think, like, and that was just vocal acting. I think she actually pulls off, as, as we saw in The Shield back in the day... I think she pulls off a very badass, intimidating figure, and I think she would have been perfect for this role, and it would have provided yeah, a, nice, a nice little connection to the animated universe. Yeah, but, that would have been nice, but they don't really like to connect things. I know. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. So this movie has been panned, to say the least. Now, I'm not saying Pam. I'm saying panned. Are you saying Pam? 
I'm saying Pam. I'm saying Pam. Pam and it. Is that an N and an M? So this movie, they, um, you know, it's been panned greatly. Like I don't know if you agree with this sentiment, but Joe Morgenstern from the Wall Street Journal said that Suicide Squad amounts to an all-out attack on the whole idea of entertainment. Oh my God, <laughs> that is that is definitely a major hit. Uh, would you say that's hyperbole much? I mean, that's uh, that's ridiculous. First, yeah, of all. a little bit. Yes, it's not. It's not the worst movie. That's, I mean, maybe like the if you're talking about um, oh my gosh, I can't think. Oh, John Ritter and his Captain America. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you want to like really hit a, a superhero movie that was really pretty terrible, I would say that would that would maybe fit. Yeah, it's look. There's there's not. I'm not going to say there's not problems with it, but it was way better than I expected given the Rotten T- Tomatoes reviews. Now you were a little more. Uh, nonplussed about it last night when we went and saw this so we're here about almost 12 hours well, i guess it's almost 24 hours later how do you feel about it now <clears throat> well after we watched this last night i went home and uh watched a couple of the 1990s version uh the animated series um of batman which mark is also a big fan of absolutely um we used to we used to both watch that we'd cuddle we'd mm-hmm. uh eat a big bowl of popcorn smoke some pipes we'd giggle we'd get under one blanket and we'd sit there and we'd watch uh some of these back to back to back and for one thing i want to note just a side note on the animated series it was much more adult than i remember it has a lot of sexual references a lot of talk about suicide and uh abuse of parents from parents and all kinds of stuff that there is no way that gets put on uh tv at four in the afternoon uh these days right. but I am glad it was put on TV at four in the afternoon back when I was a teenager because I quite, I, I was by the channel after school every day watching that show. Mm-hmm. And I went back and watched the Harley Quinn episodes because when I went into this, I had this image of Harley Quinn from that from that series. And it's not that Margot Robbie did a bad job. It was just right after we watched it, I thought she wasn't quite crazy enough. I thought there was some stuff. Um, well, let's, let's go ahead and preface this. Are we going to give spoilers away in this? I think we have to. Spoiler alert. Okay. I know this just came out. Uh, I know this episode's getting released a little later, and we're recording it the Saturday after it came out. But still, uh, I know it's a fairly new, but spoiler alert, we're going to talk about things that happen in this movie uh, in detail. Um, I-, I thought that Harley's portrayal after Joker was supposedly killed was a little off. Uh, I thought there were some things about her that weren't weren't quite there. But going back and watching the animated series uh, and watching, I looked online and found a couple of lists that had, you know, like top Harley Quinn moments and top uh, animated series episodes. I I have to apologize to uh, Margot Robbie for my opinion yesterday because I know she heard it as we were talking in the draft oh, house. Yeah. She and cried. She cried. She knows that we're, you know, big time podcasters. We're getting monitored all the time. Mm-hmm. She listens to everything we say. And I have to say, I'm sorry. Uh, I think she actually probably did a pretty good job with it. Um, I know they could not pull off the whole jester look that they do in the animated series it, it, for well, the entire movie. I don't yeah. think it would quite. I don't it, think it would quite pull work the entire time. It works more in a two D format than it would a three D. Yeah, I mean, it just it they, like they, they do show it once in the do. movie, which is which I appreciated. But you know, they it couldn't be the the outfit she wore the whole time. It'd be a little weird. It just works a little better in animated form. Yeah, I agree. Um, but they do have one shot in there. It's it's actually a reference to a uh, Alex Ross painting one of his uh. uh painting cover i think it was a cover or maybe it was i can't remember exactly anyways there's a scene there where she's in full uh typical harley regalia and the jokers in the tux and they're dancing which is really awesome yeah it was was a great acknowledgement of that sure yeah exactly so having gone back and watched that um 
I would say I think Margot Robbie did a pretty good job. Uh, did a pretty good job with with Harley Quinn. Um, I didn't like Deadshot quite as much as you did. I wish, and it's not really anything against Will Smith. I like Will Smith movies, and I think he's a good actor. I kind of wish they had more more unknowns in it as all the main characters. I know some people say that Will Smith helped some of the weaker parts of this movie make it better, and maybe that's the case. I don't know, but I like the idea of having up-and-comers and new people in most of these roles. That that was my original aversion to having Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, you know, you could say Henry Carville and uh, Henry Cavill and uh, Margot Robbie are somewhat known, but they're I would say they're probably maybe low-end A at tops. I mean, they've been they've been in some things, but they're not. Well I don't smart. think they're household names right. at all, even at this point. Um, so I just wanted somebody a little less known. And I think that the way that they portrayed Deadshot was a little bit odd. Um, just that they made him so. They basically implied that if his daughter wasn't there, he could have killed Batman. He does these things just he he's doing everything for his daughter, and otherwise he'd just be this badass killing machine. I guess you have to humanize him a little bit. You have to have somebody that has some kind of redeeming abilities and, and something outside of just having a bomb in their head that's going to blow them up to make them work in this type of film. I just, I've always thought a dead shot to be a little more cutthroat. I know, I know in arrow, they showed him to have a little bit of a, a good personality on, on some or good side in some scenarios. But I, I just think of most of these guys being mostly bad and mostly conniving and then occasionally good. Um, but I don't know. I, those, those two rubbed me a little bit wrong just cause I knew them the most. Uh, the other thing about this movie, they really didn't give anybody else hardly enough time to really know much about them. Yeah, Even Captain agreed. Boomerang, uh, you know, Croc, any of those guys, they're, they're in there so little, um, that Di- Diablo uh, strangely gets a somewhat fully fleshed out backstory that still just kind of leaves you flat. And then. Why yeah. Why would he sacrifice himself for all these people? To, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's the whole story of his what he did to his family that kind of makes him try to be try to redeem himself. And I, I get that, I guess. But I still never made the connection of why would he sacrifice himself for these other characters? Well, that's one of my biggest critiques of this movie is that they wedge in this whole we're part of the Suicide Squad, so we're family stuff. And I, I think that was really dumb, to be honest with you. They did that with Harley when she uh, ultimately kills the witch. They did that with uh, Diablo when he goes out and fights the fights the brother of the witch. Um, I believe Deadshot said something about it, too, at one point. The other thing is, they never call Deadshot by his actual name. They always just call him Deadshot, which is kind of his nickname. Yeah, Lawton. I thought that was a little... Yeah, they don't ever call him Lawton, which I thought was kind of funny by, you know, at least have uh, Waller or the military uh, flag, have them call him by his actual name on occasion. Right. Uh, they even did that in Arrow. They'd call him by Lawton. You know, they don't just call him Deadshot all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a little odd. But um, so, but to go back, especially on Harley, Harley Quinn was my was the thing I was looking forward to the most because it's the character I knew the best because I remember her so much from the animated series. And if I could be wrong, but did they not introduce her in the animated series and then they brought her into the comics? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's part of why she was a Paul Dini Bruce Tim creation. Okay. So, kind of had an attachment to her over the years and was really looking forward to her on screen. And like I said, going back and watching the animated series, I had kind of a different a different scenario in my mind of how she would be than she was in this. And she ended up doing fine. Uh, yeah, I I have I really have to say this was Margot Robbie's movie. And yeah. it, it was really hers, given the... Um, 
Well, Will Smith was it was definitely yeah, his but team. I just dis- man, I disagree. Just by the promos, I think it was her movie to 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 win or lose. And no. I think really, Will Smith was okay. Well, let me put it this way: they gave so much screen time to Will Smith, he had a lot of opportunity to make or break it too. Yeah, but I think. I th- really think that Margot Robbie made this movie, and I think that she did, to me, even coming out of the movie yesterday, she didn't do it perfectly in my mind, and the story wasn't perfect around her character. Like, if she, if Joker had really died, yeah, she would have been way more upset, if not more sadistic. On the other hand, like, she could, she I could see it going either way. Like, she should have been either a heaping mess of sobs, right. or she should have gone ultra sadistic. Yeah, that's what end. I was talking to you about after the fact, yeah. that if she really thought he was dead... That so she's so in love with him, she yeah. would have freaked the fuck out. She should have at, le- at least, if not if not sad, then she should have been like ultra vindictive yeah. and like taking it out on somebody. Like maybe see her take it out on one of the one of Flag's soldiers and be really really brutal. And they basically all they did was show her that she'd been crying and sitting on the car, and then she's like, "Hey guys, let's continue the mission." And yeah. then she was back to normal. I think my biggest there's I have two big problems with this movie. Uh, Will Smith was okay. I mean, I, he was. I don't see why. We had to get Will Smith for this role. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like you said, I would have rather seen an up-and-comer uh, or something like that. My other big problem is the the choice of villain in this movie was so spare. Yes. Like, I'm not a... And I preface this with, in Marvel and DC both, I'm not a big fan of the magic stories. I never have been. I've always been more of the tech sci-fi uh, fan of things like your Hulks, your Iron Mans, your... Uh, your flashes, uh, things like that. You know, I, I never really cared as much for the for the magic stuff. But if which we're gonna, we, we can mention uh, the brief appearance of Flash too, if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Uh, he was there for a minute, um, Ezra <laughs> Klein, and I was much more prefer that. But if we're gonna have it, like the the times when I like it are with Shazam, Captain Marvel, and uh, we've I got a an upcoming Shazam movie with uh, The Rock, uh, in which I'm hoping will be really good. But is Doctor Strange magic? Or is Ma- that... Doctor Strange as well, yeah. Okay. Although I am looking forward to that one. It seems like it fits in that universe. Um, I, I think it, it can fit in both. It's just yeah. that it didn't really work here. First of all, the Enchantress, who... Again, it's one of those characters, like, they have an Enchantress in DC, and they have an Enchantress in Marvel. In Marvel, it's a Norse god, the Enchantress. She's, you know, sometimes on both sides... It'll, she sometimes plays on both sides. Like, sometimes she's a villain, sometimes she's a hero. It really depends on which incarnation. You know, like, I don't know a lot about the DC version of Enchantress, but she's pretty spare. And that really didn't get any better on screen last night. This was... I don't know why they chose this character because you didn't like it when she was uh, up there summoning the sw- uh, swirling thing of trash and then doing like the booty dance. Up yeah, that, I was like, this is really weird. See, I was kind of more on board for the um, muddy, oil-covered, uh, dirty version of the Enchantress at first when they the, the way they first in- introduced her, and then when they right. transposed her, they gave her a heart, and she became some sort of like magic stripper uh with like the 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 headband that Tila wore in the live action masters of the universe uh movie that's what it felt like to me was the, the as much as bad as the the uh the he-man movie from 84 85 the live action one as bad as it was with Dolph Lundgren i have a sort of affection for that movie just from a especially from a not only not only from the toy perspective but from the the costume like i thought the costume designs were good it's not that good but anyways <laughs> yeah. it kind of like it kind of reminded me of the live action he-man especially once she turned from dirty muddy uh priestess into magical you know Whatever. I or, do have another or, critique about her after you're done too. Yeah, I really didn't care. Like that was the biggest disappointment for me because I when I really thought that 
they're they so they did this whole setup in the beginning of here's a brief introduction of all these characters and then we very quickly get into the story of enchantress taking over the city what i thought was going to happen what i was hoping for this was just going to be their first mission together which was going to be a really quick takedown of this character but no it persisted for an hour and a half right after the intro that was way too much and it was such a lame character and i was so disappointed by that choice because it should have been another villain or um, maybe a hero gone rogue that takes right. over a city. Something, but not not a lame, like, fourth-rate magical character like that. Yeah, and again, this is another big-time spoiler because this is at the very end of the movie and after they defeat her. I get the impression that en- Enchantress was some kind of, like, internal being within this girl that flag-liked uh, June, what's her name? And at the very end, they defeat Enchantress, take her down, uh, Flag kills the heart of her and she dies. To get June out of Enchantress, they rip her fucking face in half and yeah. she's inside. Right. That is so stupid. And they just they just ripped the face off and yeah. she's. I don't. I didn't see that as she grew the Enchantress skin over her face. No. And then she was Enchantress. No. It was a whole spirit taking her over. It was an, an unnecessary happy ending. Like I. I oh think my that, god, that was dumb. I really think. I, again, I don't think this movie is that bad. I think it's way yeah. better than people said. I think it's about on the level of Batman versus Superman. Uh, the original cut. Now, I haven't seen the director's cut yet, but right. it's not that it's bad. It's just that it doesn't go as it doesn't go to the places it needs to. Like we should have always been reminded that these people are bad. These people are evil, and we not never, family. No, the only character, and we should talk about this in a second. But the only character we really kind of got that impression with was uh, Joker. But yeah. all these other people is it should have been. These people are together because they have explosives in their head. Maybe they wrong each other once and, in a while. They betray each other, and they ultimately. Something bad should have happened to remind us that these are evil sons of or, bitches. Or if you want to just make Diablo the guy that came around, okay. Yeah, sure. If you want one of them to come around and be kind of a good guy, okay. But they right. did that with everyone. Yeah, everyone ridiculous. Everyone had some sort of redemptive quality, which I think was not where it should have gone. And, and I did have one confusing moment. Maybe you can clarify this. I just missed it. When Croc is under the water, is he like getting attacked by those other seals? And he's, I, I didn't I, understand what was happening there. You and me both. I was confused by that as well. Like I was. I was like, was he killing these guys just to kill them, or was he attacked? Yeah, I was like, is he turning on these guys, and then he's going to come out to be an evil guy? But no, he comes out, and everything's normal. So I'm like, what yeah. the hell was that about? It wasn't really clear at all, and I was yeah. I was also confused on that front. Okay, good. Um, that was strange. But, you know, the high points, again, Margaret, This to me, this is Margaret Robbie's movie. I think she did a great job. I think... I, the only thing I would say to her discredit was I think she should have gone farther with the accent. Yeah. Uh, she didn't go quite... Um, I don't know, New York Bronx-esque with that accent that she, or whatever the particular accent that she has in the cartoon. Right. Um, I think she should have gone stronger with that. But uh, overall, mannerism, ca- the character, I think she embodied the character really well, and I think she was perfectly cast for that role. And it to me, it was her movie to that she was really the sole star of the entire thing. Now, we should get to Joker, Jared Leto's sure. Joker. Uh, 30 seconds to Joker here. Uh <laughs> I don't. I'm still not sure how I feel about Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, and I think you're going to be stuck with him for a bit too. Yeah, they they pretty much imply that he's going to be the he and uh, Harley are going to be the bad guys in the next Batman standalone movie. That's, yeah, it's pretty much going to happen. So we'll get more of a we'll get more of a vibe for him then. Um, but what do you think about his? Uh, I don't know. What do you think about Fallout Joker? He's um, he's like tattooed. I don't know. He's very different than all the other Jokers we've seen. Yeah, you know, to just to rank the film Jokers, I don't think he was as good as Heath Ledger. Oh, of course not, no. Um, 
You know, Jack Nicholson was a little more cartoonish, so it's kind of hard to compare him to him. Um, I don't know. He was he was wheels off, and he was definitely dedicated. Uh, the laughing I thought worked okay. Uh, like the standard Joker laugh, he pulled that off. Um, yeah, I don't know. He was definitely psychotic, but I don't know if it was. I don't know that I like the overly tattooed aspect. I think that's a little strange, to be honest with you. Um, and. I don't know. I think we probably could have used... I think this movie could have benefited with perhaps... And you probably disagree with me on this. But I think maybe a little more exposure to him might have been might have been good. Uh, because we got, we got kind of limited exposure to him, uh, in my opinion. And I just don't know... I don't know if I like him as much as other adaptations. Let's take Mark Hamill's Joker and let's take Heath Ledger's Joker. I think those are both far superior. And I actually think Mark Hamill's... Not that Heath Ledger's Joker didn't come off as pretty psychotic, but I almost think Mark Hamill's comes off as maybe the most psychotic overall. And I was kind of hoping Leto would be a little more... I think it's kind of like what you said about Margot Robbie for me with Jared Leto and Joker. I think he could have been a little little more over the top with some things. Um, but overall, I didn't necessarily dislike it, but uh, I have my doubts going into the next Batman. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so... Jack Nicholson's Joker was way closer to Cesar Romero's from the 1966 Batman. I feel like that... I've always felt that... I love that show, and I felt that's where... Nicholson probably grew up watching that. I mean, he was probably a teenager, maybe in his 20s when that came out. I don't don't know exactly. But, you know, he probably saw that, and I feel that's where he drew his inspiration from. And I think that's fine. I think Cesar Romero was... I mean, he was great for his time. I mean, it was kind of a hammy show, and he was kind of a hammy Joker. And Nicholson was in an otherwise sort of... Uh, gothic macabre setting he was kind of um well he's definitely the comic relief in that movie in the batman 89 oh, yeah. and i think he he played it on point a lot of people said he stole that movie uh, yeah yeah agreed and then heath ledger was the definitely the the psychotic aspect of the joker that you know maybe you don't always see especially in the comics and i think that was awesome and i think um, to me mark hamill has always been the perfect blend of the two the perfect blend of nicholson romero and Heath Ledger because he can he can really toe that line between the Romero esque and the Heath the, the the clown and the psychotic. Yes, he plays it so well, and just being a voice, he plays it so well. To me, he will always be my number one Joker, um, probably followed by Heath Ledger, then Jack Nicholson, then Cesar Romero, and then Jared Leto, my chemical Joker, <laughs> taking back Joker, dashboard Joker. Right. I don't know. I'm not because I don't think he went far enough with the psychotic nature. He was not. I, agree. A, I think I think it's 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 a lot. I think you can make this statement about the entire film. They don't go far enough in so many ways. They don't go far enough with the uh, brutal, psychotic nature of the rest of the villains. They don't go into far enough with them being villains. In this case, of um, Panic at the Joker, they don't go far enough with making him a psychotic clown. Like, you get the vague some stuff, but it doesn't go sure. far enough. Like, he's a little too fancy at times, or he's doesn't... I don't know. It feels like he's pulling punches at times. I didn't really like his hand smile tattoo. I thought that was kind of cheesy. I was okay with that. I, I didn't that mind that. Cheesy. It just—I don't know. It just felt a little too uh, 2003 Joker. Like if if this had been made around the time of the Crow, like maybe this would have been the Joker that came out of that. You know, like heavily tattooed. Um, and that is probably just saying that in retrospect that we saw what came out of Heath Ledger's Joker and it was so great. So I feel like maybe maybe I'm being too harsh on Jared Leto, but. Uh, I don't know. He's definitely my least favorite Joker. Fallout Joker. He's he's my least favorite Joker. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think overall this movie uh, could have maybe benefited, and I know they couldn't do this because they want a mass appeal, but this movie could have benefited from an R rating. Well, there's two things, right? So Deadpool came out uh, this past year mm-hmm. and was R-rated, very hardcore, very over the top, and did very well in the theaters. I think there's an opportunity they missed here. One, being a lot cheaper of a film. I don't know what the exact budget was, but I know it was way more expensive than uh, Deadpool was. Sure. You know, and it bothers me that when the original trailer came out, apparently, according to rumors, all the humor that was written in the film was what was in the trailer and they had to go back for reshoots and rewrites to add more humor. And what, what came out of it was not that much more added to it. So that, I think they really could have been in for, from a, just having somebody like maybe a Pat Oswalt or maybe... Uh, somebody else like that really knows the material to come in and really punch it up and make it better right. because some of those one-liners that especially that came out of Will Smith were so obvious. Oh yeah, and just so just came across so flat. Now you wouldn't know that by the lady that was sitting next to me at the theater, who every line that Will Smith or and or any other character issued that had a vaguely comic bent, she was just roaring and rolling in her seat the entire time. <laughs> but that was not the case. A lot of it fell flat, and I feel like we're just shitting all over this movie. What I mean to say that, you know, it really is not that as bad as everybody says it is. I think I take a harsher eye to it because I am so embedded in the material. I have such a long history with the material. There's so many more things I want to see out of such a movie that I thought Deadpool got right and this movie did not. Um, And so I'm probably being too critical of this movie. But like I said, in in summary, it's about at the same level as Batman versus Superman for me that has a lot of places it could have improved. Not as bad as everybody else says it is. And if you're not as embedded in the material, if you're not as into the comics, you're probably just you're probably gonna have a good time watching the movie. What did you think of uh, Batman's role in it? <clears throat> um, not enough. That I was think kind it, of my thought too. I think they could have benefited from more Batman, actually. Yeah, I think they could have benefited from having some super heroic presence a little more. I thought the Ezra Klein Flash was. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay, it's a nod to Justice League, and there's another nod mid credits. By the way, right. Um. You know, just judging by the trailer, I'm not real up on Ezra Klein's Flash. I uh, don't really care for the fact that he's not the police scientist. He seems to be some sort of nevish nerd. Um, well, we love the TV we'll, show, too. We'll see, yes. And we <laughs> have the disadvantage of really loving Grant Gustin as, as Flash. So exactly. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, they could have benefited from a little more... And somebody said that Batman was a bully in this movie, and I can't remember who said that. But Yeah, there was a couple of reviews that mentioned that that said, oh, you're going to see the... The terrifying look of being a criminal who Batman's taking you down. I'm like, and see, I didn't really, get, I didn't get that. I think they could have gone far. Like, if they really wanted to make this from the villain's perspective, yeah. then make Batman a terrifying presence who really will go to any lengths to destroy you. Right. And to me, and see, one one place where I thought they got it wrong with Batman was one of the big scenes was he takes down Deadshot in front of his daughter. Right. I don't think Batman would have ever done that. If you're staying true to the character, insofar as I've read and watched movies and you know read the uh, books and all that i don't think he would i don't think he would have done it in front of the daughter yeah i don't think so either because that's just uh kind of betraying his ethos of, of being being a kid who was killed in, or his parents were killed in front of him yeah and they again that was my critique of deadshot too like they used that scene for one like you said he wouldn't have gone after him in that scenario and then two they imply that deadshot pretty much could have killed him if he wanted to yeah. it's just because the daughter was there he couldn't take him out which I know that's Deadshot's... I guess that's Deadshot's perspective. That's where they're coming from, so maybe that's what it is, but I don't think anybody that's followed, you know, Batman in any any scenario that he's come out 
would think, oh, you know, Deadshot could easily shoot him in the face and he'd be dead. Right. I mean, it's just that's not the way it's going to be. Yeah, it was. I again, I really like Ben Affleck as Batman, and I, it was one of those the more surprising things coming out of Batman versus Superman. I did not expect to like him, and I do. I, well, I like the fact that Batman's so prominent right now. Yeah. You know, he's in this, and he's gonna, he's the main part of Justice League. And I think he's I think he's a great Bruce Wayne. I think he's I, actually a really good Batman. I guess we have dead uh, we have dead Superman right now. So yeah, true, double dead Superman. So ratings. Um, I like you think it was a lot better than the critics are saying. And I, I feel like we didn't say. I, I feel like we only shit on it, and we didn't <laughs> praise it enough. Like I, I again, I'll, I'll say it again. I think if you're not a nitpicky nerd like myself. If you're not as ingrained in the material like I am and have this history, like I, I think I'm a little picky too. So I think you'll have a great time, and I think you a lot of people. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's well, just that, yeah. Mark and I had all the past backing yes. exposure to Harley Quinn, especially, and you know, I know you don't have a lot of Deadshot knowledge either. Uh, at least talking last night, yeah. Not outside of, not outside of Sinister Six and yeah. uh, the Arrow show, I was never like you know, yeah. I'm not real big on that character, so right. I think, but I think you'll have a good time. I, I think if you go in with an open mind, like my, you know, my wife Crystal really, really liked it. She really enjoyed it, and she, but she has none of the the anchoring, <laughs> the albatross around your neck that is the long history of DC characters. So and that's true for both our wives. They both liked it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Elena has none of that either. So, but I think, and again, I we didn't say it enough. I think there's a lot to like about it. I think Margot Robbie was great in this role. I think Will Smith was pretty good, but they probably could have made a a smaller budgeted movie without him because I'm sure he commanded a hefty price tag. Sure. And they probably could have come out more on top. I, I'm sure they're going to come out number one this weekend, but, uh, you know, there's there's certain things that would have changed. Um, like, by the way, we didn't mention the most spare character in the entire movie <laughs> is, and this is where the one of the things like they could have done to change things up, right? There's a, there's a, a villain that is in the movie called Slipknot <laughs> and his pays a native, he appears to be, I think he's Native American. They don't really hey, say. Pays. Yeah. He appears to be a Native American and his whole, whole power is he can climb any surface. What a spare, spare villain. He's not Was a, that uh, not the dude that we interviewed back in um, Wind Adam, Talkers? Adam's, yeah. Adam, what's his yeah. stuff? Uh, yeah. Uh, Wind Talkers guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was him, but he's Our like. Joe Dirt guy. Uh, his only ability is to climb walls. <laughs> like, he's not a freaking G.I. Joe. Right. Climbing the cliffs of more. Like, who cares? And then, see, what I thought would have been cool in this movie is they didn't give him an origin story, and then all of a sudden he's there as one of the Suicide Squad, and then he promptly dies. Right. What they should have done was give him as much screen time in the origin story as they gave to every other villain, and then he's randomly killed. <laughs> yeah, See, true. that would have been a good a turnabout. That would yes. have been a good thing. Like, make you care about the character, and then he's suddenly dead within five minutes of appearing. Right. That would have been good. But they kind of went the standard rounds like, oh, he's the red shirt of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he was. So... He definitely was. But anyways, ratings-wise, uh, I'm going to give this movie 3 out of 5 because I think it surpassed my expectations just based on early word. It's, I think it's, you know, it's it's uh, summertime entertainment, and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, I would have made changes just because I'm a picky nerd, but I think, I think really, really think that Margot Robbie steals the show. So 3 out of 5. Uh, I think it could have been darker. I think it could have been more over the top. I think... Um uh, I would have changed, like Mark said. There's some things I would have changed about. Uh, I would have changed about Harley and about Deadshot. Um, it's hard to critique the other ones, like I said before, because they're on there for so little time. Uh, so it would have been nice, maybe to if we didn't have so much time explaining to everyone who everyone is. Maybe we would have had more time for back for uh, actual stories around these people. But I understand mainstream audiences don't know who these people are, so they have to do that. So, uh. All that being said, I think the performances overall, I can't really say anybody was really terrible. Um, I think everybody everybody did pretty well. I think 
unlike what Mark says, I, th- I think Will Smith and Margot Robbie both carry this movie pretty well. Um, I do think they could have had somebody other than Will Smith carry it. and Or Will it, Smith. Yeah, that's what it said. He said Will Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> other than Will Smith, carry it for cheaper, and it would have been fine. Uh, but, you know, he was he was fine in it. Uh, I think the guy who played Flag was fine. Uh, I don't have too big of a problem with Davis as uh, Amanda Waller. So, like you said, she could have been a little more cutthroat, but overall, she was still pretty cutthroat. Pretty cutthroat, but could have been a little bit yeah. more. Uh, so I'll probably give it... Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and say I'm in agreement, and I'll give it uh, 3 out of 5 for a grand total of uh, 3 out of 5. <laughs> right, I guess we're doing thumbs here, so 3 thumbs out of 5 thumbs. There you both go. Of us. All right, well, thanks for listening to another uh, somewhat bi-weekly episode of The Break Room. I know we're trying to get, we're trying to get about like two episodes out a month here um, uh, with varying nice degrees of, of success. I know we're a little late on this one, but... Uh, if you want to call us about this dumb show, There's call really us at, nothing uh, around the show. We'll just do it when we want. Four six nine six six five nine eight two seven. You can email us at breakroomshow at gmail dot com. You can find uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, we're at the break room. For <laughs> I don't know words. You can facade. You can facade. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. We are at the break room. We are the break room show on Facebook and on oh, Instagram. Out. So hopefully, if uh, we're able to conjure a spell and resurrect the double dead corpse of our other host mate. Perhaps we'll have Real, another episode a for you up there. in uh, two weeks or so. So for now, I'll go out. Gasoline. High five. And a high five. I'm being a dick. Excellent. The anus. So, is it like Crystal Pepsi? <laughs> Homosexual. Stuck vegetables in my ass. Zach Galifianakis? Stuck vegetables in my ass. <laughs> Yo ho ho. <laughs> 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 <laughs>